After several years of messy litigation, a Federal Trade Commission administrative law judge recently ruled to dismiss an FTC unfair trade practice complaint against LabMD. The FTC complaint alleged that two data security incidents in 2008 and 2012, affecting a total of 10,000 individuals, put consumers at risk for identity theft and other harm. So why did the judge rule to dismiss the FTC case against the Cancer Detection Test Lab? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with attorney Reed Friedman, a partner at law firm Wilmer Hale. Reed, who is a former FTC attorney, will be discussing his analysis of the recent ruling in the LabMD case, what might happen next, and the possible impact of the case on future FTC disputes involving data security. So, Reed, very briefly explain your understanding of the reasoning that the FTC administrative law judge gave for dismissing this case against LabMD. Well, with respect to the two incidents that you described in the introduction, the chief administrative law judge held that the commission counsel, those lawyers representing the Federal Trade Commission in its litigation against LabMD before the administrative law judge, failed to prove more than a possibility of consumer harm. That was the first holding. And with with respect to the second holding, the documents of patient personal information, the ALJ found that they were not collected or stored on related to the company's computer network, which was the underlying allegation in the commission's complaint, and so dismissed the case. So now, Reed, what do you think of this ruling, and were you at all surprised by it? This is an enormously important decision in the data security community, not just for healthcare companies, but for all companies under the FTC's jurisdiction, which is most of uh, commercial America. This was the very first litigated decision on a data security case. 53 out of the 55 cases that the FTC has brought have settled out of court and resulted in consent decrees that last for for 20 years and impose harsh uh, injunctive provisions in them. So uh, Wyndham uh, took the FTC to litigation. That litigation is pending, and, and LabMD took it to litigation and refused to settle with the FTC, and now we have this initial decision by the administrative law judge. That's what makes it important. It's the first one, and the FTC can bring a enforcement action under data security under two theories. And they're not exclusive. They can bring them both, or one or the other. They can bring them under deception count, uh, which is to say, you said you had this kind of security when, in fact, you did not, or this level of security when, in fact, you did not, or you failed to disclose an important security defect, and that would be a deception allegation. This had to do with unfairness, which is the the other type of case the FTC can bring in data security, which is to say, regardless of what you said, your data security program was inadequate and therefore was unfair, which is a violation of Section 5 of the FTC Act. And unfairness requires proof of the likelihood of substantial consumer injury, which a consumer cannot reasonably 
avoid and which is not outweighed by benefits to consumers or competition. And so this was the first time a court really looked at the the first prong of whether there was a likelihood of substantial consumer injury. So, Reed, with that said, what is the potential implications of this ruling when it comes to other FTC security-related disputes looking ahead? Well, it's an initial decision. This is an administrative process. It's complicated because the FTC staff works up a case, then the, the FTC itself, the, the Federal Trade Commission, is not the whole thing, the whole agency, the employees of the of the FTC. The actual Federal Trade Commission are the, the currently four presidentially appointed Senate-confirmed commissioners. So the staff works up a case, and then the commission itself decides whether to vote it out for litigation. And then once it's done that, it's supposed to remove itself from the case, and then the staff proceeds to litigate the case, and before the administrative law judge, and the administrative law judge issues the initial decision, and then either party can appeal that, and guess who the appellate body is? It's the commission, the very same four people or five people, it's supposed to be five, we have a vacancy now, who issued the complaint in the first place. So that's a little odd. So what it means now is that the commission counsel may appeal this case to the commission, in which case the commission would issue a decision, which would be an administrative decision, and uh, it would be final at the commission level. Then if a case goes against, if they vote, they they rule against LabMD and reverse the administrative law judge, LabMD could appeal to the D.C. Circuit for a review of the commission's decision in the case. So Let's just assume that it's either appealed to the commission and upheld or not appealed to the commission. We now have a ALJ's opinion that says a likelihood of consumer harm, which is a necessary predicate to bringing a case under the unfairness prong, does not mean that it could happen or might happen or there's a possibility that it could happen or that there's a flaw which could be exploited and therefore you violated the law. You have to prove more than that. You have to prove that it's likely that it would be exploited or that it was exploited. And so when I look at that, I think to myself, if I'm a an FTC staffer or a, a manager of the staff that brings these cases, I, I think, well, there, there are an awful lot of breaches that happen. And rather than develop bad law or further develop law that uh, limits the FTC's power, I'm going to just continue to bring cases where I know for sure I can prove consumer harm. Consumers actually were, were out money or were harmed through medical identity theft or through some other means, not merely that we, can, we stumbled upon an uh, information security program that, that could have resulted. In harm, And the ALJ noted that after years of litigation, the commission counsel was unable to produce evidence of a single consumer who was harmed. All they could produce was the fact that it was possible that a consumer could be harmed, and that was not enough. And so I'm an FTC staffer or manager, and I have a lot of cases to choose from on which to enforce. I think I, this might move me towards the cases where I know I, I have proof of actual consumer harm or a real substantial likelihood that's beyond dispute. So, Reed, with that said, do you think this was sort of a weak case to bring? 
Well, it turned out that the FTC probably thought it had a, a stronger case, but the evidence it was able to adduce it at trial was unable to show a single consumer who was harmed. And the time lag it took for this litigation to go on, which was considerable, was persuasive to the administrative law judge that there was no harm, nor was there any likelihood of there being any harm after all this time has passed. So I think that the commission counsel before uh, taking a case to litigation, that they'll make sure that they can prove up something more than a possibility of, of consumer harm. And there have been cases alleged by the FTC previously where the theory was that there was a flaw that could be exploited and therefore there was a violation of the FTC Act. I, I don't think they're going to bring those kinds of cases anymore or, you know, why would they if they risk another company feeling emboldened to litigate and suck up so many commission resources in litigation and maybe further limit the FTC's authority in ways it didn't even anticipate at the time. So I, I think it'll, it'll change their, their case selection criteria. Now, Reed, one of the issues that Lab MD brought up during this dispute was uh, FTC's authority over health data security. Lab MD had argued that the Department of Health and Human Services has authority over enforcement for health data security breaches and not the FTC. Now, from what we know, HHS didn't do any sort of investigation into the case. They didn't lob a an enforcement action over LabMD in these incidents. Do you think that might have impacted or weakened FTC's case? HHS didn't step in. Why is FTC stepping in? I don't think that probably, I mean, from the tone and words of the ALJ's 92-page opinion, I don't think that weighed into it. Now, let's say LabMD had lost and appealed and lost at the commission level. I think they might raise a issue preclusion issue at the Court of Appeals by saying that by regulating healthcare entities, insurance plans, and, the, and healthcare exchanges, and, and so forth, that HIPAA occupied the field and therefore precluded the FTC from bringing an action in this case. But that was something where the commission felt that they had concurrent jurisdiction with HHS, just like in some instances they have concurrent jurisdiction with the FDA and concurrent jurisdiction with the Federal Communications Commission. And I, so I don't think that weighed in. It, it would have probably been raised on appeal had LabMD lost, and it may well be raised on appeal if FTC staff appeals and wins and LabMD is forced to go to the D.C. Circuit. But for now, the, the FTC clearly thinks it has concurrent jurisdiction. Now, read another issue that was brought up in the case was LabMD pressing FTC to disclose the security standards by which FTC decides to launch an enforcement action in a data security dispute. FTC didn't reveal those standards. Now, based on your time at FTC, any idea what those standards are? Well, there are two kinds of standards at the FTC. There's a performance standard and a design standard. And a performance standard is essentially get the following thing right. And a design standard is get it right precisely this way. The FTC is often reluctant 
especially in a highly fluid environment, to set forth design standards because new things may come up which the design standards don't capture, which should be enforceable, but having laid out, you know, this is covered and this is not, the FTC limits its own authority. So I, I think they're they're highly reluctant to go beyond the performance standard. And the performance standard is that you're responsible for maintaining the security and confidentiality and integrity of data against reasonably foreseeable risks using administrative, technical, and physical controls. So look at what you've got, look at reasonably foreseeable risks to it, and then design controls to mitigate against those risks. And if you do design controls that mitigate against those risks and something completely unanticipatable happens, the FTC takes the position that that's not a violation of the FTC Act because you're held to a reasonable foreseeability standard. So everybody would, of course, love to know what's in and what's out, what the exact standard is, but the FTC as an institution to protect its own jurisdiction is, is highly reluctant to lay out a very, very prescriptive standard, and I, I don't think that they likely ever will unless Congress orders them to by statute through a rulemaking process. So, Reed, what's your gut telling you? What will happen next? Will this case drag out even longer? Will the FTC's consumer protection staff appeal this decision? Will it wind well, up going to circuit court? Some people think that the staff may not appeal the decision and it will just be an administrative law judge's initial decision that doesn't have the force of law for fear that they, even if they win at the commission level, they get a federal circuit court decision that carries a lot more authority on the limitations of Section 5 on its unfairness authority. So some people think they might just let this sit and not risk creating bad law at the Federal Court of Appeals level, particularly at the D.C. Circuit, which is the, often considered the second highest court in the land. So there's one school of thought that thinks that. I, I personally think the commission staff is going to appeal the case and because they are so invested in it. And the commission, you know, the ALJ took issue with the commission's interference with the, what the ALJ thought was his independent adjudicative authority. I just think there's a lot of passion about this case at, at the FTC and and that the staff is going to want to appeal and get a good, well-reasoned commission decision to take to the D.C. Circuit and get a better result. That's just my gut, and it's more based on how invested the FTC is in the case than, than anything else. How much time does the FTC staff have to appeal this? 30 days. Thanks, Reed. I've been speaking to attorney Reed Freeman. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.